Hey yo, welcome into the CHGO White Sox postgame show presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app today and use them. Uh, use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Welcome into Studio A in, of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm Sean Anderson. Thank you. Yeah, you've yeah, been sir. practicing all night. Uh, I was staring, standing in the mirror, and just going, you know. Studio A, West Sleep Chicago. It's not yeah. Chicago. Uh, I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. I'm the host of the CHGO White Sox postgame show. We have the full CHGO White Sox crew. This is Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. And joining us live from Kansas City, is it the Kansas side or the Missouri side? Missouri side, of course. No one stays on the Kansas side. Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at ActorWall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. Hello, Herb. It's, it's good to see you. Good to see you guys, too. It's awesome to be here in Kansas City, but the White Sox didn't show up tonight, so uh, hopefully they'll arrive tomorrow. Uh, it'll be good to see the actual uh, White Sox perform, because I did see them on Sunday while I was leaving Cincinnati, but I don't know if they have uh, arrived as yet. So uh, if you can go and send an APP out for them, uh, it'll be much appreciated. Just took the piss out of it uh, by saying uh, they they lost. Uh, you know, uh, Josh Sorry, said no. there's going to be a very long pause. Uh, not really. I mean, they they've they've been winning. You know, the the whole bit is when they're on a losing streak, we're going to extend the pause. But we're coming to you live after a White Sox loss, and and it was twelve to five. Um, it was it was four to four going into the sixth. So they played okay ball. Through about sixth innings. Going into the bottom of the sixth. Yeah. yeah. And then Herb, uh, the White Sox pitching in the sixth inning actually made Amir Garrett puke. Uh, how was that uh, watching that live? It was very weird because during that whole thing, the home plate umpire threw out somebody in the White Sox dugout. I don't know who. It wasn't Pedro because Pedro came out to talk to him and say, well, why'd you throw my mans out? And then. It was Andrew Benintendi, while- Herb. Oh, Benny. Wow. Yeah. Andrew Benintendi. That's weird. Um, but then I, I zoomed back out and then saw uh, Amir Garrett throw up immediately after I uh, zoomed back out to him. I was like, ooh, yeah, White Sox baseball, bad for everybody involved, even if you're on the winning side of it. It was gross. It was nasty. I mean, I've, I hope he's feeling okay because that didn't look very good. But more than anything, maybe they shouldn't have had the camera so zoomed in on him as he was about to, you know, lose it there. So That's good TV in my opinion. Why not for everybody? <laughs> nah, come on. I mean, why not? I mean, you, 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 he he had a little bit of a, uh, and then, you know, I, I was like, oh, he's about to puke. And then he puked. I don't know. I mean, that's a human experience. It's, it's something True that enough. Amir Garrett's going to remember forever. I don't know how many times he's thrown up on the mound or behind the mound. So, hey, you know, there's a time for everything. Herb, I'm sure you're, uh, I'm sure you're, uh, tour through Kansas City this week will take you to some wonderful barbecue joints. Do not figure out which one Amir Garrett went to today and avoid that one. Definitely. I'm going to call him up and see what's going on with that barbecue. But yeah, they don't know if they cleaned up that area quite as well as I would have liked it to because the next hitter, Adam Hazley, hit a ball literally right on that spot. And JBJ had to pick it up and throw it back in from center field. And I was like, oof, JBJ got a bad end of the stick. And then the pitcher grabbed the ball and licked his uh, fingers. I was like, man, he's tasting what uh, whatever barbecue my man Amir was tasting too. So ew, just disgusting. That, that would not have that would not have flown in the 2020 season. 
No. No, it not would at have. All. <laughs> <laughs> they, they would have had to, like, shave that grass. It's yeah. kind of like Monsters, Inc. when the sock gets on yeah, that one right. guy. They'd have to shave that entire uh-huh. spot if that was COVID. You know, but now you, it's it's no longer a thing. You, you, know, know? you know the pandemic is over, I guess, when they just uh, let somebody throw up on the field. Those <laughs> uh, we, uh, we always laugh that nobody was observing the no spitting signs that they put mm. up in the dugout. This is taking that kind of a step further. <laughs> we can stop with this conversation. <laughs> that little antidote from her being like, the guy looked the puke off the ball. It's, no, I'm, I'm good. But I'm here's good. the thing, though, you've got to realize. Those guys are licking their hands, touching the ball all the time. Puke or no puke, that's not sanitary. Oh, well, yeah, like birds. I mean, birds are probably, you know, using using the grass sure. as a, a bathroom. Yeah. You know, they're that's na- that's natural. Yeah. Um, other I things. mean, the balls I mean, the are rubbed up in with in Oakland. What was that? The balls are rubbed up with mud all the day, all day before the game. They're rubbed up with special mud, and so they're just licking their fingers and going right back to the ball. So, ugh. It's very unsanitary. That's just that's just of the earth, man. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, I, who is that? Ron Swanson, uh, the, the Dwight Schrute said, uh, "I want desanitization uh, de- stations." Yeah, that was you Dwight Schrute. Yeah, we, I, I want bowls of dirt so people are kind of exposing themselves. I mean, you know, baseball players are just building up their immune system. Um, White Sox lose twelve to five. They went down one to nothing after a Salvi Perez sack fly. Then Hanser Alberto extended his RBI streak, uh, made it 1-1 in the top of the second. Then Andrew Vaughn doubled in the top of the third uh, and made it 3-1. And then there, I, I felt pretty good. Uh, bottom of the fourth, Melendez hit a homer, made it 3-3. Uh, Salvi got on with a little bloop shot or a little uh, sneaker. It was a shot down the, down the uh, baseline. Past Gav. Yeah. Um, and then Vinny Pasquantino kind of opened it up, gave the Royals a lead 4-3 on a double. And then the top of the six, Gavin Sheets hit a solo shot to make it 4-4 off Zach Granke, and then Mike Massey hit a single off of Aaron Bummer, made it 5-4. JBJ went 3-for-3 in his first three at-bats, made it 7-4. Melendez hit a single, made it 9-4. Prado hit a double, making it 12-4, and then Hans Roberto uh, for good measure, uh, 12-5 with an RBI single. Uh, Herb, what'd you make of the game, just the back and forth? Because, again, going into the top of the six. I felt pretty good. Hey, get or after the top of the six, I felt pretty good because Gavin Sheets just hit that home run, four four. It's now the Royals bullpen versus Dylan Cease for probably an inning, and then the White Sox bullpen. And we know that they didn't use a ton of people in the Red Series, or at least the the finale of the Red Series, because uh, they won that game seventeen to four. So uh, when just start feeling a little bit iffy. I know some people are talking about Cease not being pulled early enough. Uh, I I was fine with the leash, but I don't know what you made of it. I mean, when he went back off of the six, I believe he was only at like 80-some pitches. So I knew that he struggled at that point. He had already given up four earned runs. And I was like, you know, he's been struggling. It's a team like the Royals who don't really do a lot, even though he had just got given up the home run to Melendez. I was like, all right, I'm fine with Pedro. Having him out there for the six, if he gets into any trouble, have somebody ready. That was the problem. No one was ready. Like, it was like Pedro didn't watch the game that was happening before that inning happened. And Cease, after the, you know, the guy was trying to bunt over the guys from second from first and second over to second and third. And Cease walked that guy, I think, in four straight pitches. Like, he didn't have his control at all in that sixth inning. And that's when uh, Pedro finally got the hook for Dylan Cease. I started feeling bad right in that inning where I was like, okay, if you're walking a guy who's I think was the eighth hitter and he's giving you an out, you're not you're not on your game today. And that I think was his first walk, his only walk of the game. And so yeah, Dylan Cease not being great, especially when he was given a three to one lead by the White Sox. 
and then gave up that two-run shot to MJ Melendez kind of um, was a punch in the gut because this is a team you get right on. All these hitters, there was really only a couple hitters that I was scared of, and that's mostly at the top of the order with uh, Bobby Witt Jr. Maybe you get Vinny Pasquatino and, of course, Salvi Perez, but all the rest of them, no one's scared of them. Yeah, you brought up the James Feagan tweet about the Royals, uh, what, averaging under four runs a game. And, uh, hey, you talked about the White Sox trying to have the Royals get right because, you know, they're the Royals. Uh, well, the Royals' schedule just got a lot easier because they went from playing the A's to play the White Sox. So, got them. Thank you. You got them. Uh, yeah, no, Herb, you're right. I mean, this is a uh, this was a team that the White Sox are supposed to beat. And listen, you're not going to beat them every single time. And maybe who knows after this, this is the this is the outlier, and they go on and win the rest of the games of this week, and and most of the rest of the games they see them this year. But this is a bad team that came in doing nothing offensively, and it was White Sox pitching that got knocked around today. Uh, you know, Dylan Cease was hit pretty well. They mm-hmm. didn't really have any trouble hitting him. Didn't walk anybody until I believe that last batter he faced. But um, the strikeouts were not there early. Uh, they they were on him and and they took advantage. They scored runs. Dylan Cease has only had two two uh, quality starts this year. That's I believe his eighth start today. Only two of those were quality starts and one of those was that uh, season opener in Houston. This is not the guy that pitched that night in Houston, uh, certainly not tonight, and for really the most part this season. Um, no walks that night, uh, and and the walks have kind of been an issue in, in most of the other games. Not the case tonight, but, Sean, you were saying it earlier. It's like, okay, well, sure, he didn't walk many guys, but he gives up all these hits. It, you know, what balance is it going to be in there? you got to get it to the point where both of those numbers are low, and I can tell you right now the reasoning that, that – Pedro had in having confidence that Cease is going to get out of that sixth inning is that look at last year. He did it. How many times did he do it last year? This is a guy who was one of the best pitchers in baseball last year. Uh, It's only been about a month. So I I don't think it's, you know, it's certainly not crazy to say that he can be that guy again by the end of this year, but you're looking at a guy whose ERA is well over five and uh, you know, that's, that's just, it's just a lot of runs given up tonight. Yeah, it's not crazy to say that that guy will come back, and I'm, I'm, I'm honestly positive that he will come back. So don't worry about Dylan. Um, and I don't know if it's the Ethan Katz thing. Uh, the, the bummer stuff we'll talk a little bit about later. Um, but I, I think Dylan will be fine. We'll, we'll have some stats in a second. But, I mean, he truly should have gotten out of that inning. Um, he was just got done with Melendez, who hit the homer off of him. Uh, he ended the fifth. And then Oliveris... Um, who has a, what, 255 average. Uh, I think he was 0 for 2 coming into the game uh, or coming into that uh, plate appearance. Uh, Prado had a hit off of him. He's pretty difficult at bat from the left side, but Garcia too. Um, he was 0 for, and then Massey, um, who has reverse splits, does worse against righties. Um, you know, Dylan C should have been able to get out of that inning and should have been able to get to the sixth. I mean, there's, there's really... I would have left him in. He's it's your the ace. bottom of the it's Royals. Size, it's yeah. the bottom of the Royals order. Literally, it, you. I don't. I don't. Ca- I don't care if it's Cease or Clevenger out there. If Clevenger's your quote unquote last guy in your rotation, it's the bottom of the order for one of the worst teams in baseball. You got to have confidence that every pitcher on your staff can go through that inning and not have what happened to the White Sox tonight, which is not only Cease not being able to get out of it, but Bummer not being able to get out of it as well, and Jimmy Lambert adding a a, a big knock. Um, of his own for for good measure there I guess but it, it's it, it was a very ugly performance in that one inning and really overall when you take a look at Cease's whole day yeah and and two you bring up the this quality start 
uh, stat, uh, him only having two quality starts so far. Um, do you know how many quality starts he had through his first eight starts of last year? Was it two? That Seven. would be symmetrical. It would be two. It oh, is symmetrical. How about that? Uh, April twenty wow. seventh, six innings, uh, two earned runs against the Royals, and then uh, May second against the Angels, seven innings, no earned runs, eleven Ks. So uh, that whole notion that maybe it takes the hitters some time to uh, warm up with the temperatures. Maybe uh, Dylan Cease is playing by similar rules there. He's I a Southern so. boy. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't. Uh, he doesn't like pitching in April weather in Chicago any better than uh, Jose Abreu liked hitting in it. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't as bad. Right now, his ERA is five. What five fifty eight, uh, which is ugly through eight games, but through nine, it was four twenty four last year. Uh, I, I'm I'm not super concerned about him. We'll take a break. Um, we'll talk about the stats from today. Um, I know people are talking about pitch, pitch selection as well uh, on Twitter, uh, just why he was throwing so many fastballs. Uh, I think Fred brought up pitch velocity, so we'll go through all those dorky numbers for you uh, a little bit later. Do want to let you know about Game Time, uh, the fantastic, fantastic app. Herb, have you used Game Time in either Cincy or Kansas City? I've used it in both cities, Cincinnati on Sun on Saturday, and today with game time, I used it in Kansas City. Got some awesome seats right behind home plate. Was it stress free? Very stress free. It's thirty three dollars per seat. I, mean, I could not believe it. I saw a season ticket holder who had his name on his seats. It was weird. Kansas City Royals really do some good things for their fans out here. But uh, yeah, it was very stress free. Literally took me one minute to find the deal, which was like fifty percent off hit the button and then put my uh, credit card information in had my seats in my uh, in my account within two minutes Boom. buying tickets to your favorite events uh, shouldn't be stressful like herb just told you game time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all sports music comedy and theater near you Vinny, the music part i know you just got some music uh, concert tickets. I just used that music game time. Yeah, I, I'm hell? going to a music concert. Music concert. Uh, That's good. That's yes. where they play music. Right? I used I used game time. I'm going to go see a rock and roll show. Oh, look at you. Uh, come come August uh, down at the in Salt Shed. I have, what's that? In Steubenville. Yes, I, I, I'm it's going a, to. It's, a, it's an old uh, that thing uh, that thing you do uh, concert uh, joke. There you go. Uh, I'll be going to the Salt Shed. Which have you been yet? Sean? No, I have not. No, I, I'm Herb. I'm, Herb, you been to the Salt Shed yet? No, that sounds good. I think there's some good people playing there, though. I've seen uh, lately. Uh, my guy uh, Thundercats gonna be playing there later on this year. I'll be going to see uh, Nathaniel Rateliff and the Night Sweats uh, coming up in August, so that'll be a good show uh, at the Salt Shed. And I used Game Time to get those tickets. You'd think it, living with Salt. Uh, or not salt sweats. Uh, that would be different. salt sweats. Salt sweats. That's, we Night all sweats. get those. You, you think you get the th- some therapy to help that those go away, but you know, oh well. Um, but snag your tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code CHGO for twenty dollars off your first pr- first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code CHGO for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And again, it's not just sports; it's every single event, like Vinny and Herb just told you. Uh, Vinny, have you heard about ComEd? Sean, I have. Well, the, the and ComEd, I'm have to oh, get this out well, here. I, yeah, don't worry. I was going to tap dance oh, a little okay. bit. Yeah, the, uh, Vinny, have you heard about ComEd? Yes. Wow. The, the ComEd Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities they serve, helping manage energy usage and lower energy bills, not only now, but into the future. I'm looking into the future, and I can see people with lower energy and bills. ComEd uniforms. Sean, you're right. 
ComEd offers a wide variety of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across our wonderful territory. ComEd also offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities like those for HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. It's my turn. It is. Uh, uh, how does it work? I'm glad you asked, Sean. An authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. These can be done in person or virtually and last approximately two hours. Within three to four weeks, customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they can start working on immediately. Very uh, apropos uh, Blackhawks uh, reference yeah. there. Because tonight, I'm gonna go get big, big doings for the Blackhawks. Um, each recommendation will include estimated energy savings, cost savings, project cost, potential incentives, and simple payback. Oh, there he is. There's Eddie O right there. Immediately. If you own a business, you out there, don't wait. You. So here's the Chicago Transit Authority. Get started saving money and energy today. For energy-saving tips, lighting incentives, or to schedule your free facility assessment, go to comed.com slash poweringbiz. Sorry to get distracted during that read. Oh, did you say comed.com slash poweringbiz? Sean, I did. Wow. So schedule it today. And that's powering B-I-Z. Um, I got distracted looking at the Salt Shed uh, website. Uh, I, I might have to go to that Hold Steady show with the Mountain Goat, so that's going to be fun. When's yeah, that? That. Uh, that's, that's, that's June 30th and July wow. 1st. Folks. I like the Hold Steady a lot. Yeah, a little Japanese breakfast there as well. You know, a lot of good shows. Uh, Herb mentioned uh, Thundercat and, and three three night sweat nights? Oh, two. Two. A two-day show. Huh. That's interesting. They That'll got, be fun. Double header? Yeah. The Night Sweat's pulling a double header. <laughs> All right. Ooh, the Pixies, too. All right. Go to game time, folks. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, let's get into Dylan Cease's numbers. Uh, let's get into the stuff first. What, which, what, how, what, how are we labeling these against, Stephen? This, this is, is stuff and results. You got it. This is stuff. This is stuff. All right. This is stuff. Um, stuff. Stuff. Uh, Fred in the chat asked if Dylan's fastball velocity was down. Uh, no. Uh, on the year, it was sitting 95.5. Today it was at 96.4. He threw 48 fastballs out of 97 pitches, threw 38 sliders, 10 knuckle curves. Um, a lot of people notice just the, the fastball difference, uh, you know, again, throwing more fastballs than sliders. A big narrative that we talked about last year was that when Dylan was having his success, he was using his slider more. And we've seen slider percentage up around baseball more than ever. And there's only been 10 games since 2022 where he's thrown more fastballs than sliders. Uh, 30 games with more sliders and fastballs, 10 games with more fastballs and sliders, uh, 40 games overall since 2020 uh, pitched. And he's been a great pitcher regardless. In the 10 games where he's thrown more fastballs and sliders, he has a negative 14.3 run value uh, per game. That's negative 1.43, so not allowing runs. And in the 30 starts that he's had, and this doesn't include tonight's stat because we don't have those numbers just yet uh in the 30 starts that he had with more sliders and fastballs uh negative 30.8 run value that's one a negative 1.02 run value per game so he's actually better quote unquote when he throws uh more fastballs than sliders uh but it wasn't effective tonight herb what did you see in person from dylan uh, again it did seem like he was frustrated but the stuff quote unquote was was still fine uh it was actually better than it has been on the year yeah, I thought that Dylan was um, better than I had seen him before up until the fifth inning. Um, he was popping the mid at a, a, rate, a high rate, 
using his outside fastball. And some of those hits that the Royals did get were, I think, either miscommunication with the defense or Gavin slow Gavin Sheets being really slow at first base because there were a couple balls just straight down by Gavin Sheets that he was just missing, and the pitch was executed to perfection. One was the Salvi Perez one, which you can't do anything about. That man hit the ball pretty much where a left-handed batter will be standing, and he just like shot it down right field. So I thought he was fine up until that NJ Melendez home run. I don't know what the concentration was, and the weather was good. So we're talking about a southern weather. It was about 86 and nice and humid there. So if he was feeling um, like home, it kind of felt like that in uh, early May here in Kansas City. So I didn't feel bad until that sixth inning came around, and I was like, okay, he's not – focused and he's not you know finishing as the way I would see Dylan finishing a game you know in the sixth inning he knows he only has a couple more bullets left he usually finished that stronger instead of weaker and that's what he came out last uh yesterday so it was really uh not a complete game for Dylan season a couple bloops there also for Dylan season unlucky it's a big ass field so what can you do but this is not the ace that we have seen in the past, Sean. And I know when you put up the actual results there, the swing and misses weren't there. The filthy stuff wasn't there. And I'm I'm kind of getting worried that he is adjusting to the fastball more than the slider this year. Maybe he doesn't have the grip on the slider. I don't know if we can do more analysis on it, but it's just not as crisp as it was last year. And that is you know, want to happen because that was the best pitch in baseball to repeat that was probably really hard to do. Yeah. Uh, the, we can go to the results here, Steven, uh, 36% uh, out of the, uh, out of zone swing percent. So he was able to get some chases, uh, but we saw at least earlier through the first time through the order, especially in Bobby Witt's first single of the game, uh, they were able to kind of take that slider low and away for those right-handed hitters and kind of shoot it uh, over through the right side uh, between the second baseman and first baseman, and even Salvi was able to sneak it by Gavin over at first base. Uh, 92.3 average exit velocity uh, on the balls that were put in play, the 17 balls that were put in play. Uh, so they they hit him fairly decently. Um, you kind of see the slider there, though, uh, being put in play six times, average exit velocity of 87.8. Um, and you see the swings and miss on the slider alone, 10 whiffs on 23 swings. That's a 43%. Uh, whiff percent that's great and a called strike uh, whiff percent on the slider at 34 percent so again it's just kind of like hey what was working last year was throwing the slider more we don't see that um, I don't know if it's a pitch selection thing exactly um, I, I, I'm not worried about them uh, 12 whiffs on 50 swings I, I think this is a like I don't I, I, like, but it's the Royals the, Sean it is the Royals for sure and and they make they make the, the the reason why I don't know if I'm extremely worried about it is because obviously the Melendez that that home run was the first mistake I, I would think that he made. I mean the the Perez one was a bloop. Bobby Witt was just good hitting to to get on in the first. Then he stole second. Um, that was a then, bloop too. The bloop in the right field. The leadoff. For what was that? A yeah. Bloop? Oh, yeah, he shot it into right field. Um, my bad on that. Um, but and then uh, how the the next guy? It was first and second, right? It was bloop. Bloop City Bloop tonight City. for, for um, both of these teams early. And then, you know, good hitting to, to drive him in. But that, that Melendez one was the first quote-unquote mistake. But still, it was like a – it was an inside fastball that was, like, on the black. Like, it's a good piece of hitting by Melendez. Like, I, I just think, like, the Royals are a tough team for Dylan to face because he 
wants you to try to swing as hard as you can rather than soft contact. So I think the soft contact, bigger park kind of plays into it. Um, I, I'm not extremely worried, though, because, again, like if, if he is able to find that comfortability with the slider, it's still a dominant pitch, and, and we're seeing the velocity go up on it. Um, that That's all that you really want to see is him throwing those sliders at like 89, 88, because he's just going to get swings and misses no matter what. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not concerned. I don't know about you, Vinny. Um, but one well, th- I, I think the thing that jumps out is you don't have to be concerned about one game. Guys have bad games, all you know, a single bad game all the time. I think what you need to be concerned about at the moment with Cease is that there's just a lot of guys getting on base, and whether that's him doing that via the walk and other uh, outings or tonight, like we mentioned, via the hits, um, it's kind of that story of Cease, not from last year when he was so good, but from – the year before and even the year before that when it was just jam after jam after jam that he had to work out of. That's what you don't want to see become a habit for Dylan Cease if you're the White Sox. Now, this guy has done it before. Last year, he's, he's had the tremendous success. There's no doubt, I don't think, in anybody's mind that it's possible that this can just be an early, uh, you know, kind of a bumpy road. But the White Sox were in a position here where they are looking at some real bad results, obviously, in the month of April, and we'll see if that continues into the month of May once the sample size gets a little bigger. If they dig themselves too deep of a hole, there's really no Cy Young caliber four months that Dylan Cease can have that can bail them out of it. Right now, he's helping, or he's contributing to the fact that they are not getting out of this hole that they have already ended up in this hole. It's not like some of the games last year where he would give up one run in eight innings and they'd still manage to lose. Mm-hmm. He has kind of been part of the problem, and I say that not be, not to pile on to Dylan Cease, but just because basically everybody on this White Sox team has been part of the problem, and he is not immune from that category. Something I want to do, too, before we get into bullpen stuff, if I had to ask you guys, for starting pitchers... If you had to? Well, I'm going to. <laughs> uh, for starting pitchers in the major leagues for 2023, the White Sox rank what for starting pitchers, uh, for innings pitch for starting pitchers? I would say the White Sox are 25th in the league. 25th. I know it's been a problem for them personally, but I do seem to... I mean, I do have the opinion and... That, that this is a an early season problem for a lot of teams, especially coming out of spring training and, and kind of getting red, ramped up for the start of the season. I'll say it's a little bit more middle of the pack, but probably not too far from what Herb said. I'll say I'll price is right him and say 24. Steven, you want to? I'm, I'm going 29th. 29th. Yeah. Okay, so 25, 24, 29. Wait, so you we're going to go more middle of the pack and you he went from 25 like to Like I said, I'm going to oh, price is right. Price is right. right okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be closest regardless. <laughs> Fred says last. Alec in the chat says 28th. Alec seems like he'd probably look that up. <laughs> he didn't because oh, they're okay. fourth. Fourth in baseball. Fourth in baseball. They have the fourth most innings pitched by their starting rotation in all of baseball. Fourth. Ow. I won. <laughs> People don't go deep. And we only deep. had like two guys go seven innings this year. People don't go deep in baseball. It's true. I mean like. And especially early in the season, like I said. Early in the season, even more so, I feel like. Yeah, I, I was surprised by it too, but it's just like. You know, the bullpen's got to be better. I mean, Jimmy Lambert and Aaron Bummer still had five earned run- five earned runs in one inning. Like it's just it's disgusting. Like I I understand that you know Dylan hasn't been good, but like I and, well, like, and you need a great start from one of these guys because you really haven't had a great start from any of them. Um, but like it, it's well him on opening night. 
Yeah. She struck out 10 guys, right? <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> he struck out 10 guys. No, eight guys. No, sorry, that was last year. That was against the Tigers. Still, like, I don't know. I mean, that's you haven't had – I mean, there's been 36 games. Yeah, I mean, Giolito's had a couple one. really good ones, too. I mean he, – He went seven innings against yeah. Tampa, but still, I don't know. I mean, like – Almost threw a no-hitter that one time. That's true. They won that game 3 nothing. All, right, all right, all right, all right. I'll slow down. Um, But, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Like, what, what's the key for the White Sox turning this around? Like, it's just them playing better baseball. Like, it just right. – that, that's it, right? I mean, like yes, – And but we that's just going to say that until we, we're blue in the face? Well – yeah, obviously that's how <laughs> you just basically asked me how do the White Sox how do the White Sox stop being bad? They be good. That's how. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like right. we're, we're talking about a guy right now, Dylan. Cease, uh, yeah, he did, he's only had two quality starts, but in the first four starts, he had an ERA of two. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah. Twenty nine strikeouts and twenty two and a third. Yeah, but innings. now it's five and a half. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but I mean, again, like it just might be a blip. It's early for Dylan. Um. Just large sample size, though. It's just like the White Sox have not found consistency at all. You have 17 to four, and then you go back and lose by seven runs. It's just, it's, hey, it's frustrating to watch. As Uncle Ben said in uh, Spider Man, with great power comes great responsibility. And Dylan Cease has been given the ace role. And for an ace, five innings is never good enough, ever. And I don't care what you do within those five innings, you better go f- longer. I expect him to at least get to the sixth inning as the ace of this staff, and he hasn't as yet. Now, he has a lot of season to go, and I trust in the stuff. I trust in the player because I think the player doesn't get too distracted, too up or down. So I think he's got a solid base under him, and I still have faith in Ethan Katz, even though his pitchers are having a terrible time this year. So I believe I'm not too worried about Dylan Cease going forward for the long haul, but these last couple starts have given me a little pause on what he's doing in his preparation and what he, what they're doing in the pitch selection. As you're talking about, Sean, you're, you know, he's got more fastballs than sliders this year. Last year he was slider dominant and he was dominant on the uh, scoreboard too. And second in the Cy Young award voting. Yeah. And, and uh, two, I mean, you look with the slider and the run value, we know that was a, he led baseball in run value for that pitch last year, um, and that was the best pitch in baseball, according to run value. Uh, through his first eight or so starts uh, from April 9th to May 24th of last year, he was second in baseball uh, with run value slider at negative 8.6. Uh, right now he's 26, not including tonight, uh, at negative 3.3. So it's still been an, an effective pitch. Maybe you just need to see more of it, and maybe that's an adjustment. We'll see his next time out. We'll take a break here. We'll talk a little bullpen, and we'll talk a little bit about Aloy Jimenez and uh, Pedro Grifol's comments today about uh, his legs and what his uh, plan might be when he returns. want to let you know about Fubo TV. That's how we watch today's game. That's how we also watch the NHL draft lottery and Mario Tirabassi scream his little heart out. Oh, my God. It was loud. I've never seen a man scream that much in my life. Congrats to the Blackhawks. It was cool, though. No, it was awesome. Yeah, let's go. Good reason to scream. Um, They have 140 live channels of sports, shows, movies, and news. You can stream live TV from any device, watch the most Chicago sports for the lowest price, and you can start watching immediately with a seven-day free trial. There's no contract, no cable, no hassle. 
Just sign up and start watching. There's over a thousand or there's a thousand hours of cloud DVR included at no extra charge. You can watch local teams while traveling. There's no reason not to sign up at FuboTV.com slash CHGO because there's the PGA Championship coming up, the French Open, the WNBA is on uh, FuboTV, the NHL Draft where the Blackhawks will be picking number one overall. There's the NHL and NBA playoffs and the White Sox on NBC Sports Chicago. And you can watch that with FuboTV. Use the link in the description to sign up for 50% off your first month of Fubo Pro, FuboTV.com slash CHGO. Also, want to let you know about Shady Rays. Herb, were you watch, uh, wearing your Shady Rays out there in Kansas City? I was wearing my Shady Rays out here in Kansas City. It was a very sunny, great day out here. Look at that. Gear built to last to take on that sun. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. They have dur- durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. And that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection program in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they tell us that they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. Hey, Herb, you can go chuck them just into the fountains at, at, at uh, Kauffman Stadium. Kauffman Stadium, thank you. And they won't even ask you a question. They won't say, Herb, did you throw them into the Kauffman Stadium fountains? And they'll say, uh, they, they won't actually ask you that because there's no questions asked. So there you go. Exactly. I want zero questions when I do it, Shady Rays. I might do it tomorrow. I might put you, put it up to it and Film see it, if I can go and get it. Put it on nope. Twitter and then tag them. And just, no. and just be like, you didn't ask, you said there was going to be no questions. No, because then like you're just being destructive. I don't want any uh, witnesses about that. I don't want Shady Rays to go back on their promise. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to throw them in there and say, "Give me some new glasses, Shady Rays." Herb doesn't even have it. to wait until he goes to the game tomorrow night because Kansas City is the city of fountains. He could probably just find one oh. stumbling around on a sidewalk somewhere. Is that the reason why the fountains are out there? That is correct. Wow. Do you, have you seen and a lot of fountains? I have, and did you know their um, City Connect jerseys? have the fountain like little kc True. on it yeah I, I was thinking that was just because they had the fountains in the outfield but yeah. i never i didn't so like are they private or like public fountains Pu- public in in public spaces a fountain like you see like you know, like, like a statue a kind of thing on a public fountain. you've got a bunch of fountains it's a city of fountains that's crazy um you know what's also crazy exclusively for our listeners shady Rays is giving out their best deal this season go to shadyrays.com and use code chgo for 50 percent off two plus pairs of polarized shades try for yourself, the shades rated five stars by over two hundred fifty thousand people. Um, Herb, uh, let's talk a little bit about Aaron Bummer. Um, Aaron Bummer yeah, was yeah. really good in his last time out. He had one inning pitched, faced three batters, struck all of them out, uh, and had it was against the Twins. Against the Twins, had seven strikes on 11 pitches, uh, five swinging, two looking. Um, he was pretty decent. However, his ERA now, after today, is well over nine. Um, it's over 10. It's over t- Oh, it's over 10. Yes. Look at that. Yes. 1038. 1038. 1080. No, 1080. Even worse. Ugh. Uh, the 1080p? Great resolution. <laughs> um, what do the White Sox do about Bummer? I don't know. I'm just trying to do... What the, what do we talk about? See, this is the thing. This is the <laughs> thing, Sean. Like, he's hit or miss when he comes in. He either gives up multiple runs, which he's done one, two, three, four, five times in his uh, outings this year, or he shuts him down, gives up zero. There's no in-between, literally no in-between. 
And you can't have that, especially since you've already DFA'd uh, Jake Diekman. He's your other lefty. And I know they have uh, the Peralta kid who just came up. You can't have your main lefty. And I know Garrett Crochet is on the precipice of coming back, but Aaron Bummer signed for still years from here. You have to find a way to have Aaron Bummer to throw up some zeros up there more consistently because this uh, feast or famine is not it for the White Sox. And I see people in the comments want to DFA him. I mean, when he's right, he's right. And he's inducing those ground balls. And he's looking like the guy that we paid the extension for. It was a smart deal. I don't think anybody as a White Sox fan thought that Rick Hahn was doing something bad when he signed Aaron Mummer to a, a longer extension. I was agreeing with it. I don't know what's going on with him. Uh, it would be better if I knew that he, if he was hurt or something like that, but his velocity looks good. His pitches are fine, but he just gets crushed sometimes when he comes in games. And then other times, like you're talking about the Twins, he looks like a world beater. I don't know. Maybe it's mental. Vinny, uh, Herb brought up Jake Diekman. Uh, they DFA'd him, ate his money. Uh, Melissa brings up Aaron Bummer's contract. Uh, I don't know if... It, they would have to eat the full of this year, but that's at 3.75. Uh, you combine that with next year, 9.25 million left uh, guaranteed for Aaron Bummer. Uh, is there a, a world where they cut more bait and eat more cash to, you know, let Jake Diekman, Aaron Bummer, Larry Garcia, Dallas Keuchel, et cetera, go? Yeah, as I've said before, that's an awful lot of money to be paying people to not play for you. Um, and at some point, you've got to say, there's a better chance that this guy that that this guy whoever that might be is going to figure things out or is worth pouring the resources in from a coaching standpoint than it is just saying we're better off without him that being said the performance obviously the results have been horrible and i'm sure aaron would be the first person to tell you that um Aaron's a younger guy. Aaron's a guy who's had success with this organization they know what he can do uh i mean I, I don't see that happening because here's the thing, too. This team is not playing well. You know, over the course of this season, this team has not played well. You're just going to DFA everybody that doesn't play well because then you're not going to have any players left. Then you're just going to be the Charlotte Knights. And I'm sure there's a lot of uh, frustrated fans out there that would go, oh, well, then may, let, let them be the Charlotte Knights. They'll be better than what this is. And who knows? Maybe you're right. But you're not going to throw a AAA roster out on, out, out on a Major League Baseball field. There are guys on this team. Aaron Bummer is one of them who have had a good deal of success at the major league level. Um, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Aaron Bummer is going to get vastly better over the course of this season, but that is a possibility. Um, right now, though, those, those results are just are just horrendous, uh, but there's a lot of people in that bullpen that fall into that category. Uh, that ERA is way, way up there uh, when it comes to the bullpen. I, I mean, for the longest time, it was right up there with the A's as being one of the two worst in baseball. Not sure what the last few few days have uh, meant for that. Surely it's going to go up again after tonight, yeah. but um, – you know, here's the thing too. Everybody's uh, for the longest time, people were in love with Jimmy Lambert. Jimmy Lambert's ERA is is over six at this point. Jimmy Lambert comes in and walks the first batter he faces tonight in what becomes mop up duty, and then gives up a bases clearing double. I mean, so it, it there's you've gotten to the point where you know we were talking about it a few weeks ago. Who does Pedro Grafol go to? He's got to keep going to these guys because there are no other guys. Yeah, Hendricks is coming back. Yeah, Crochet's coming back, and um. You know that those those two returns might help them trim some of this fat, and maybe 
a guy like Aaron Bummer, whether it's Aaron Bummer or somebody else in this bullpen, gets DFA'd because, hey, Hendricks and Crochet are back, and, and there there is now there are now people who you can pitch. You know what I mean? You're not just DFAing somebody because they're not getting the job done. There are guys who you know or you have better confidence will get the job done. Uh, but, yeah, right now it's, it's, it's not a good scene out there in that bullpen. These are proven arms, but right now uh, through a month and, and change of the season, uh, those, those ERAs are through the roof for the vast majority of the guys out there. You brought up the team bullpen and the White Sox e- team – Bullpen ERA uh, is not 329. What? No, it's not. Um, it's over six because they just added five earned runs today. Uh, That's poor. That's very yeah, poor. Yeah, 6.15. I was trying to get now the updated one. Uh, it's not it was only poor. Coming into today. Yeah, it was 615 coming into today. Uh, and they gave and they gave up five, was five, it five? five, five runs three. in an inning. Five and three, three innings total too. Oh, three innings um, total. So it's yeah, I think right. 123 innings pitched this year, 45 earned runs allowed. Right. Um, I could be wrong on those numbers. I got to do some quick math, but you're right. It's still second worst in baseball, just behind Oakland, who's at plus or 670. But I wanted to do the uh, and hey, shout out to Lawrence Holmes, 25 years at 670 to score. Um, I want to now wonder if the White Sox have the worst bullpen ERA, <laughs> worse than the A's. Because I, I might right now. Yeah, is what you're saying. yeah. yeah. So uh, no, of, of do course, quick it's the A's. They might have uh, seen what the White Sox didn't say. Hold my beer tonight, but um, you know, uh, yeah, it's 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 not good. And and listen, I I, I think Pedro oh. Grifol would tell you that he's got to keep sending those guys out there because it's the only way you can get them right. If you're just going to hold on to these guys and only use them when there's no danger. There's no that opportunity to, does not come around very often. Dylan Cease loaded the bases tonight. Someone needed to be sent out there to try and get out of it to minimize the damage. Aaron Bummer could have had an inning where he lets a ground ball get through and a run scores, gives up a fly ball and it's a sacrifice fly, and we'd be sitting here talking about a productive inning, mm-hmm. even if they end up losing the game because of those runs that get scored. But to go out there and you know, pour gasoline on the fire basically because you uh, can't get the job done right now. I can assure you that's what's going through his mind, and he's just as upset, if not vastly more upset about it, than everybody uh, in the comments right now. 622 now. Uh, is there – wait, no, it's actually not 622. I keep doing my math wrong. Uh, it's it's my it, it, 87 earned runs. Okay, so it's actually worse than that. Uh, their ERA – bullpen team bullpen ERA is 637. It's not good. No, that's horrible. Second yeah. words in baseball. Uh, just, just the o- the Oakland Athletics in two and two thirds gave up only two earned runs today. Their bullpen. Only two runs. <laughs> only two earned runs. Sorry. Only two. Earned the White runs. Sox don't have the yeah. worst yet. What do I call um, them, Herb? Special bad. Oh. Oh, Herb's muted. To be compared with the A's is go. never a good thing ever in this uh, realm of baseball. So yes, it is that bad White Sox fans that we're not good in the bullpen, which is going to be our strength. Well, it's supposed to be our strength. I know when we get Liam Hendricks, things could be better, but for the time being, this bullpen, I think, I don't know if Vinny, you were the one who were saying that it causes you the most stress out of the starting pitchers, the bullpen or the hitters, or was that Sean? It, I mean, I said the starters and now I'm thinking, man, these bullpen guys, Whew. 10 ERA for Aaron Bummer, almost a 7 ERA for Jimmy Lambert. Who you to turn to? You got to turn to Keenan Middleton and Groot Santos, which people you weren't counting on at the start of the year. 
and you told you the volume every day. <laughs> nor can you count on them to be. Nor can you count on them to keep doing what they've been doing too. Gregory Santos though has the thirteenth best slider in baseball. And maybe they so, found something there, and that's hey. good for them. And and listen, Middleton's done it before. He's been in the yep. major leagues before. He's no stranger to this. So, I mean, hey, maybe they stumble upon two guys there uh, that can be this for the course of the entire season. But just if you're if you're going to have the same opinion that, oh, well, they're, you know, Kendall Graveman's ERA is going to go down over the course of the whole season. Joe Kelly's going to be better over the course of the whole season. You've got to play both sides of that coin and say, well, maybe the – early success from guys like Santos and, and Middleton who are less proven than the two guys that I mentioned who are among the more proven relievers in baseball. Uh, you know, you have to have that idea that, that this might not last either. Yeah, and two, uh, someone was asking about Hendricks. Uh, he has now pitched two games in Charlotte, and I think the plan was three to four. Four to five. Four to five. Yeah. Four to five. So uh, we, we will possibly see Liam soonish. Uh, Charlotte uh, takes action Tomorrow, uh, they'll be in, uh, in Charlotte against Durham, uh, and we'll see Yoan Moncada and maybe even Liam Hendricks in that game. Uh, no Moncada yet. Uh, that was the update from uh, Daryl Van Scowen uh, in KC, so we're not sure if you know that will be the next series when Moncada's timeline is back. Uh, I do want to go to Graveman, though. Bases are loaded. They have Bummer that come in uh, with no outs. They end up using Graveman in the 8th today in a 12 to 5 game uh, do you guys find that bizarre uh, I, I think to the first game against Tampa Bay when they came back to Chicago and played that four game series it was that blowout Dylan C started and they're throwing Kelly they're throwing Graveman they're throwing Lopez in the seventh eighth and ninth and then the next game is a game that they can be competitive in and and, and possibly win and Graveman comes in and gives up that home run in the ninth I think to make it three two and they lose that game uh, so what what do we make of him not possibly going to Graveman sooner? Like when the bases are loaded like that in a tight situation in a tie game, would you not want one of your best relievers in that situation? Again, or is I, that Aaron Bummer or supposed to be Aaron Bummer? I think it was probably supposed to be Aaron Bummer. I I, I think that the way that Pedro Grafol manages a bullpen is something that fans are going to have to get used to. He does not manage based on. My these are my best guys. I'm going to rank them one through six or whatever. I think he says I'm going to identify this part of the batting order that I want this guy to come in at, and who cares what inning it is or who cares what the leverage is almost. Um, now, again, I, I think that we've said this before too. That's easy to then get entirely blown up when somebody doesn't get the job done. And I think you can look at Cease as starting that tonight, right? Cease doesn't get the job done for three hitters in a row. Now, probably all of a sudden, what he had planned to do with Bummer is a little out of whack from what he wanted to happen at the start of the inning. And then when Bummer doesn't get the job done, what he wants to do from there on out is completely out of whack because the entire batting order has come around again. So I I don't think that the way that he manages the bullpen really it really hinges on those guys getting those outs. It, he, he talks about pockets of the lineup. I'm not saying he expects a one, two, three inning every time out there, but how far do you stretch that past, past a, a certain number of batters when the matchup is still in the favor of the pitcher that you've called on? So I think he went to Bummer on, completely on purpose. Those are the matchups he wanted, but then Bummer comes in and, and, and can't, can't close the door, can't get the job done. 
I know why I went to Bummer because upcoming was Mike Massey, which you said he does have reverse splits. He hits lefties better than he has righties. He's not hitting anybody. He's got a sub 200 ERA. That's Brother Rice for you, right, Sean? Um, sorry about that. Uh, JBJ was the next guy, so another lefty. And then, of course, the top of the order with uh, Bobby Witt Jr. So I understand why I went to Bummer there. Probably it was a good move. And he need to get Kendall Graveman working because Kendall hasn't pitched. I believe the last time he pitched was Thursday versus the Twins on a back-to-back. So I think he pitched Wednesday and Thursday and didn't pitch the whole uh, Cincinnati series. So that looked like, to me, just getting in work for Kendall Graveman because he hadn't been used in a while. But, yeah, like you said, you have to, as the manager and the analytics department and the people who are helping Pedro manage this game, tell him, hey, Mike Massey, Dylan's pretty much shut him down this whole game because Mike Massey doesn't see righties too tough. Maybe we put Kendall Graveman in this situation versus the eight, nine, and one hitters because he's the actual better pitcher right now instead of handedness. I know Pedro's his rookie year, so he has to learn these things and get through that uh that that stubbornness and just go to the better pitcher instead of the handedness on the mound thing here we'll move to Aloy uh, this is from Daryl Vanscow and from Pedro Grafal, uh pregame today Aloy being out allows him to rest his legs uh, during this time he's recovering from his appendectomy uh, wants him to play some right field uh, with Berger at DH uh, that is the plan uh, when Aloy Jimenez eventually returns uh, from his appendectomy. Uh I had the same reaction to Amir Garrett um, when I heard that and read that really because we've talked about this before We've, we've talked about both of those things before. We heard it on, I believe it was the last homestand, uh, the, what was it, the day after the, the Robert, you know, kerfuffle with him getting benched. Um, we heard Pedro Grafol say, Aloy's legs are not 100%. And he told us that, and we're, we, we're informed of that, and so we can make the decision to hit him as the DH, but, you know, not expect him necessarily to get down the line with the greatest of ease uh, or, or move along the base paths. And I think it was evident in watching him run that that was the case. This is a guy who had a, a tweaked hammy earlier in the year, but maybe the White Sox were able to cover it up with the fact that he was DHing the vast majority of the time. Um, we've seen him in right field. Didn't look like he had a ton of problems moving when he was out there, but again, few and far between. It's only been twice that he's played out there. Um, Aloy... Obviously, he was not at 100%, and it sounds like this four to six weeks off that he's going to get to recover from a very, you know, serious medical thing that that could happen to anybody is going to have the quote-unquote silver lining of allowing him to maybe get closer to 100% with those legs. And we've talked about Aloy being in right field in terms of Jake Berger before, too. Jake Berger, how are you going to keep him in the lineup? Because you're not going to move Yoan Moncada off a third base, so Jake Berger's most logical spot when once Moncada is healthy is to play as the designated hitter. How do you do that? Well, you put Aloy Jimenez in right field. So um, this is something that we've discussed before. I don't think it should surprise anybody. Now, is it a good course of action? We'll find out. I think it's probably the best course of action from an offensive standpoint. But the more pressing point in this whole conversation is, okay, when is this going to happen? Because we think that we are told that Aloy is expected to miss a month to a month and a half. Jake Berger's on the island. We have no idea what his timeline is going to be. So when are these guys going to be healthy again in which they can be deployed in this fashion? 
that's what we need and, to find out. Will Yoel Moncada even be healthy when Jake Berger comes off the IL? Hopefully he will be, but maybe Jake Berger's playing third base. We don't even have to have this discussion. I mean, Herb, I don't know what your reaction was, but uh, I mean, more of the same from Pedro, so I guess he's not changing his tune. Yeah, I think it's better if the White Sox just, you know, have a best lineup out there. We just talked about the bullpen and how bad they've been, the starting lineup, how bad, or starting pitchers, how bad they've been. Hail, put the best nine hitters out there and go how you can because it doesn't work either other way. So let's just win the games 10-8 to because this is just frustrating after a, a time because I told you, Sean, was it two weeks ago? Once somebody comes back, somebody has to leave. It's just a cursed team, and that's – I wish it wasn't because we see it happen all the time. And the Loy's thing just popped out of nowhere like any appendectomy does. It's tough. And if he comes back and the best place to put him to get maximized offense is to have him in right field, have Jake Berger a designated hitter, and have all the rest of the people, hopefully they're healthy, at their designated positions – I'm fine with it. I'm I'm putting my throwing up my hands. I don't care anymore. Let Aloy play the outfield because you know eventually he'll be hurt for some other reason. It's just not working right now. It's just pissing me off every time I see a White Sox go on the IL, and it's not their fault. I just want to make sure you guys know that it's not their fault. But as a fan, it just hurts to see we bringing up those numbers yesterday. A couple of days ago with the five players where I wasn't there um, when you're talking about what they played, like 25 games together and the, the core five, that's that's garbage. And when they do play together, they're got like a 600 winning percentage. That's the frustrating part. You know that the talent's there when they do play together. Let's just get to the point where they're playing together. I don't care anymore if Aloy's in the outfield. I, I don't I'm not going to nitpick that anymore. I don't care. And, and the the weird thing about this entire conversation, it's, boy, they need to make room for Berger. They need to make room for Berger. You know who's hitting really well this year? Gavin Sheets. Yeah. Right. Well, no I one's mean, saying make got to make room for Gavin Sheets, but that was a great he's had a really today. nice offensive season. Awesome at bat. The cranky one? Yes, where he hit the slider the finally hit? for the home run. He murdered it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he had that one where, I mean, he pulled the curveball, I think, like, you know, over the foul pole and, like, 500 feet. After after the Vaughn double. I forgot he hit a homer today. I'm sorry. I just, after the after the Vaughn double that scored the two runs, runs that put him up 3-1, three, three, uh, every batter was retired except Gavin Sheets. Gavin Sheets walked, then eight straight outs, and then Gavin Sheets hit a home run. Oh, my God. Uh, and, and here, but the thing is, too, like, with this conversation, like that, the lineup that you talked about, it doesn't include Jake Berger. Like it's Aloy Jimenez, yes, Monty Grandal, Tim Anderson, uh, Mancata, and Luis Robert Jr. And they're 31 and 15 with those five in the lineup. Uh, 46 games by my count. I've seen 45, but they've played 25 of those games in 2020 and then 20 since 2021. Um, Jake Berger isn't in there. And Aloy Jimenez, and we talked about this yesterday, they played two games, two in 2022 with those five. That's insane. Like, like you, I, I, we saw Jake Berger. We saw him in 2021. Like, Aloy Jimenez is what's important, and we've seen this. Like, you're just waiting for a train that's never going to come with Aloy Jimenez being an outfielder. And I understand he's only played there twice this year, and maybe it doesn't need to be in every series thing where we see Aloy out there. 
He's already dealing with sore legs. It's not even game 40, and, you know, he's played twice in the in the outfield. Well, maybe, like, and maybe it's very possible that his body will prevent him from this plan ever played, being like, enacted. I mean, now, now once he comes back, he'll play less than 50% of the games that the White Sox have played in since 2020. I think right now we just saw the stat it was 52% of the games since 2020. That's definitely going to be under 50% when he comes back. But here's the thing. They sent down Oscar Colas. So whether it's Aloy Jimenez or Gavin Sheets, they've committed to basically pulling back on that whole we got to improve defensively in the outfield thing. They had done such a great job in doing it by getting Benintendi and Colas, and, and Colas wasn't perfect out there, but in sending Colas down, they're basically like, all right, well, I guess Gavin Sheets again, or all right, I guess Aloy Jimenez again. Like, at this point, don't worry about, and I know you're what you're talking about, and Herb, what you're talking about is, Aloy being in the outfield and the injury risk that it presents. But if you're just concerned about the defense being bad, well, if you get your wish and Aloy gets to play uh, DH every day, then it's Gavin Sheets out there in right field who is, again, fine, yeah, but has made some plays this year that have not been very good at all. So Yeah, I mean, it's less about the defense. It's just more about, like, again, like you're just going to throw him out there and, what, he, he plays one game in right field, and, you know, as Herb says, it's unlucky. Like, I don't want to wish that on anybody. I'm not trying to manifest that, but it's just, like, uh, he hasn't really been able to prove himself to stay healthy and I'll say there. Th- I'll say this, too, about Berger. Is Berger going to be the guy who you need to crowbar into the lineup after he sits out with an oblique injury? We'll see. Jake Berger's, I mean, what, the second fastest player on the team? He can't play right field. I mean, shit. We're, we're, I mean, I, I, what? I mean, I'm, I'm not against putting him out there. All right. Well, then. Why, yeah, no, he hasn't. I mean, it'll be the same thing. I would rather have a lawyer. Exactly. Out there. I mean, and Jake I Berger, I mean, it'll he's It'll be the proven. same thing. He hasn't played right field before. So no, Aloy, it'll be the same Aloy, thing. Aloy's as, played as two as games in his career in right field. He played in the minor leagues. In single A. And then from oh, double yeah, A to I'm triple saying, A. No, I know. I'm not like saying yesterday, I'm just he's saying pretty green out there compared to Jake Berger. <laughs> he's green as southpaw. Hey, I think the outfield. It's not too much different left and right field. It's not that much of a huge swing where Aloy can't understand how to do right field. Jake Berger is brand new to this to the outfield. If he's put out there, no, I'm not good with that. Brand and new to it, Herb. He doesn't play it. No, no, yeah, and, <laughs> yeah, and, exactly. Yeah, and, and of course, it's it's of course no way. But I honestly, just like this, this, it's just this team frustrates me. Herb, so, Sean brought up Southpaw. Did you see the Sasquatch guy out there today? I love it. I missed him. He's out. He How'd walks around. It's Bigfoot. So it's a specific thing they do for Vinny Pasquantino, whose apparently nickname is the Pasquatch. With which wasn't there one that was amazing, and he didn't, and he vetoed it or something. Yeah, the Italian, the nightmare. Italian nightmare. That's nightmare. incredible. Pasquatch is nowhere near as good oh. as that. But so whenever he gets a hit, they bring the they they got a guy in the in the beef jerky Sasquatch mascot costume who appears through a door at the Royals Hall of Fame and does like a quick lap and then goes back behind the door. That's real cool. I did not see him. I was uh checking out the uh concourse out there in center field while I think Sean took that picture and so I did not see it. But uh, I did see Rick Hahn on that same concourse. I said what's up? I just uh, tipped the cap and Said what's up to him. Oh, look at you. You know, didn't field, chat him course. up? No, he was walking past me. No, it was nothing to say. Courtney said what's up to him. Um, well, hey, if you bug him next time. Bug him. Maybe b- 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 film something for TikTok. You just be like, hey, Rick, how you, how you feeling after 37 Hey, my games? mom said if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. So that's what I was following. 
yeah. to their face. Yeah, to their face. Exactly. Because <laughs> uh, hey, I've been sitting hey, right here when you've said some hey, things that weren't very nice. Telling the truth. Hey, Rick, you're a bad GM. Get out of here. Um, Good to see you. Can't see you though. And hey, he hears you. He knows about Teflon, hon. Um, the this this Sasquatch guy. Like people were being like, "Oh, poor guy," especially in the Kansas City Heat. He's making he's making a paycheck, you know. I mean, I was uh, for an unnamed chicken company. I I wore a, I wore a a cow suit in in oh, 100 so degree gee, weather. I wonder who it is. I was I was at the uh, the Ogilvy train station in a cow suit in 100 degree weather. Inside. Inside. Yeah, this person is not inside. No, but inside. I mean, if you've been in Ogilvy train station on a hot day, yeah, it's many like times. it's it's like an oven. Yeah, but have you ever been to Kansas City, Missouri in the summer? I, have you ever? I, because it's worse. It's like. Five ovens. We could go to Ogilvy, and I I know people no, who can get the cow costume, and you could see. It. it was only eighty five today, and it was baking, and in the sun, where the Royals Hall of Fame is, it was in the sun pretty much a whole night. I'm sure that dude had heat stroke tonight. It's, I it's could be May. Sick. Wait could, until August when it's a hundred degrees nine days in a row. Vinny, are you saying that because you know what it's like being in a costume? Yeah, I've got yeah. Thanks, Steve. Sean wasn't jumping on it, so Stephen had to had to have the running bit go at. At Royals, at Royals, is it is that, is that their Twitter? At Probably. Royals, at Royals. If it, there's a hun- next 100 degree day, fly me out, give me a paycheck. I'll be Sasquatch for a day. Right? You'll be Pasquatch. Pasquatch. Uh, that's going to do it for the CHGO White Sox post game. Uh, we are at Wellington Castillo likes, so I would appreciate if we got a little bit higher. Again, Nick Swisher is always the goal. At least uh, we got about 60 people watching, so we'd appreciate that. Thumbs up. Thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us. Thank you, Stephen Nicholas, for producing the show. This is Vinny Dubry. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Dubry. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. That is Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at Eckerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader out in Kansas City. So make sure you follow him to uh, see what Herb's doing. Maybe he finds Rick Hahn and takes a picture with him on the concourse. Herb, tomorrow your recommendation is BB's Lawnside Barbecue in Kansas City, Missouri. Ooh. BB's Lawnside Barbecue. I will mark it down. We're actually going to go to the Negro League Museum, but uh, Arthur Bryant's is right there. So we're if we can uh, get a second meal in, which, you know, I'm not opposed to, I'll do that one too. Go off the beaten path. Arthur Bryant, everybody goes to Arthur Bryant's. Go try try something a little new. All right. <laughs> tell tell Bob Kendrick down, what write up. It down, you write him. it down for me. Send, send me a text because I'll forget about that. I'll now. text I'll text you. Thank you, Tell sir. Bob Kendrick what up. Um. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. We will talk to you tomorrow, and we're not going to leave with Joe Creedy likes. Again, don't be don't be stingy. We'd appreciate the like. The Blackhawks just got the number one overall pick. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow for a pregame at about 6 o'clock, and then we'll have a postgame as well. Uh, Royals v. White Sox, Giolito versus uh, Lyles. We'll talk to you then. Go Sox.